Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome back to the Athletic Baseball Show for Thursday, July 27th. This is On Deck. I'm Stephen Nesbitt, and I'm joined by Levi Weaver. Levi, trade deadline coming up. The newsletter is firing. How are you How are you doing? How are you doing this week? Who can even think about the trade deadline? We've got 100-degree temperatures in the Florida ocean. We've got UFOs. Stephen's going to tell us today, actually, that there's a deep connection between the two. People are just not keeping their eyes open. you got to keep your eyes open, people. This is a conspiracy. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I don't really know how to be a podcaster. So I've been watching some podcasts lately and that's what I picked up. We are uh, on today's show. We're going to talk about the Rays. So we are we are talking about Florida just a little bit. Uh, we are going to preview our top series of the week. We are going to make our arms race picks and uh, I don't know, maybe some conspiracies at the end if we can fit that in. Yeah, I was just seeing some flying around on X, Twitter X. I'm never going to call it that ever. I'm never doing it. Yeah, I won't it. either. I told my uh, wife last night that she's an XX employee, so... That's a good time. But you haven't even complimented me on my Ranger shirt. I couldn't see it. It was off screen. Wow. Way to go. Look at you. You should have tried a little harder. For the listener, for the watcher, if you're watching on YouTube, I am wearing a Ranger shirt, but I want to say I felt we needed some Rangers flair. I didn't see any Rangers on the rundown today, but this is not actually Texas Rangers. This is the uh, 14th Ward in Pittsburgh, the eight-year-olds that I coached a few years Uh, ago. All right. The mighty, mighty Rangers. So people are going to call me a Rangers homer, and I am indeed. I have been for about four years. The Bruce Bochy of Pittsburgh. That's what I've been calling you for years. That's right. Those kids are now like like 13, and they're huge now, and I don't like it. don't like what happens when kids grow up. Hey, we're going to talk baseball here. So let's just jump right into this, Levi. This is, oh boy, time of recording. We're going almost 2 p.m. Eastern. Things are still happening, but we're going to podcast right through it because there is smoke rising surrounding the White Sox starter Lance Lynn. There were reports uh, from a few people this morning, including Arken Rosenthal, that the Tampa Bay Rays are in talks with the White Sox to get Lance Lynn. I saw a report elsewhere. I think it was John Morosi that uh, the Dodgers are also interested. But we're going to focus on the Rays here because the Rays situation is an interesting one. Whether this trade is done by the time people hear this or it's cooked, uh, it's a good I think opportunity to take stock of where they're at. The Rays at time of record are getting smoked by the Marlins. They're 62 and 42 right now. One and a half Smoke back in the, Florida, you don't say. Sorry. One and a half back of the Orioles after a big win on Tuesday night. But three and seven in their last 10, and then about to lose another one here, it looks like. So the situation they're in today, their best hitter, Yandy Diaz, just got injured stretching for a throw at first base on Tuesday. The lineup that was so unbelievable in the first half of the season has fallen off in a big way. Wander Franco, Randy Rosarena, Josh Lowe, Luke Rayleigh. These names where you're like, can they keep it up? Can they really do this? Answer so far is no. And the rotation setting up currently not actually too bad, where despite losing Shane Boz, Drew Rasmussen, and Jeffrey Springs to long-term injuries, pretty decent shape with Shane McClanahan, Zach Eflin, Tyler Glasnow, and then Taj Bradley behind them in the playoff series. And now Lance Lynn, maybe? It kind of makes sense to me from a perspective of 
maybe you need to shut Bradley down at some point. Or if you're just the Rays and you're counting on injuries at this point, a Lance Lynn ad makes sense. But he has not been a good, what you call a good baseball pitcher this year. No, he hasn't. And I mean, that is a big move, but I don't know that it's a move that's going to be like a difference maker that like turns this thing around. One thing that I found interesting as I was looking over, because I guess now I'm I'm the last two weeks guy, like that's my favorite thing to do for a, a show that is temporal in nature, a fleeting snapshot of what's happening right now. I kind of just like to look at who's being streaky right now. The Rays bullpen has kind of been a problem all year. That's been sort of one of their weaknesses, even when they were really hot. But you look at the combination of Jake Diekman's Sean Armstrong, Robert Stevenson, and Jason Adam, those guys at time of recording, and I'm sure that this is going to change today because that's how baseball likes to do me, but zero earned runs in their last 13 and a third innings. That's, if you got four relievers that are going pretty well, that's that's good. Like if you are leading a game, you can lean on those four guys until things fall apart. Now, three of those guys are not names that I would say you should trust long-term. Like Diekman's been around for forever. He's had his hot and cold streaks. You know, Sean Armstrong, Robert Stevenson, but Jason Adams, their closer. Anytime your closer's going well, that's that's a really good sign. So they've also gotten really good performance from Zach Littell, who during spring training, I thought was going to make the Rangers team. Uh, he didn't. Now he's in Tampa. A 169 ERA the last two weeks. And that's with a 187 XFIP. So not a lot of just like good luck helping him out. He's actually been pretty good. And then, you know, like you said, Tyler Glasnow has been really good the last couple of weeks. The rotation's starting to look like it's stabilizing a little bit. I think Lance Lynn, basically, you know, kind of like you said, he's probably one of those guys that you slide in maybe in that fourth spot. So he's kind of a backup guy. He's not going to be your workhorse, except that he will be a workhorse in that he's going to pitch a lot of innings. He's reliable. He knows how to kind of get out there. You know, he might give up four or five runs, but he'll give your bullpen a day of light work. And that might just kind of be what the Rays need right now. I don't think he can be the big splash move that they make. But yeah, could he help the Rays? Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know that they're going to make a splash move. It's not really in their nature. And if they do, I think it does have to be in the lineup now where you were hoping things might hold together. And lineup is not where the injuries have really hit them. It's been in the starting rotation. I think you're right there. They're stabilizing there, but they probably want some insurance in case someone else goes down. Um, and Lance Lynn, I think is decent insurance. Now, once you get to the playoffs, I'm actually pretty interested to see what would happen if he, you know, at 36 years old, he gets put into a relief role, a, you know, a bulk role or maybe two, three innings in the piggyback with Todd Bradley in a, in a, you know, a game four of something wouldn't be the worst thing. I mean, he doesn't have, he's down a couple ticks velocity wise. I don't know if that changes in a short stint. He has not thrown in relief since, uh, 2018 with the Yankees which was like the worst year of his career. He's kind of a different Lance Lenny. He, he rediscovered his form the last four years and five years and, and now is, is having a horrible season. If you haven't looked at his page, uh, it's ugly. 618 ERA uh, leads the majors in home runs and earn runs allowed. And so the White Sox defense is horrible, but some of those home runs uh, are, I think, his fault. He's getting touched up and his walk rate's worse than it's been. The interesting thing, though, is, is his strikeout rate has really skyrocketed the last month. He tweaks some things with his pitch mix, which if you don't know a lot about him, he just like throws 12 different versions of a fastball um, at like 90 miles an hour. And it's worse. Like, I think he had like a 16 strikeout game, had another double digit one. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of curious what happens. And I think the, the Rays probably are too. If you can get him through the next two months, holding down a rotation spot, eating up some innings, getting a break for Taj Bradley. Um, and so you're not starting like Yanni Chirinos. 
then in the playoffs, maybe that, yeah, maybe that plays a little bit better and that strikeout rate stays high and he's able to figure things out and gas it up to like 93 in uh, the postseason. I, I'm interested and, and I know why other teams like the Dodgers may be interested as well because for as much as gone wrong for him, he's not going to be expensive and there are a lot of uh, sort of qualifiers in all this. He's got a club option for next year that I don't think anyone wants to pick up at $18 million, but he also has a 10-team no trade, which both of those teams we've mentioned um, are on that, which doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't want to go there. It means he wants a little bit of leverage. So that leverage could be, Ken Rosenthal wrote, that, hey, if you trade for me, you have to pick up that option. Or it could be, if you trade for me, you have to decline that option. And so he just sort of knows where he's at um, heading into the offseason. So interesting stuff there. But Lance Lynn, he's more of a desirable asset than maybe you would assume looking at his tap page. And Lynn and his agent have a track record of doing this. Like in 2020, there was talk that he might be traded. He didn't want to be traded. And so he basically said, hang on a minute. It's 2020. We've got these new COVID rules. If you trade me, even though I don't have a no trade clause, I will opt out of the rest of the season because of COVID fears. And he kind of, his agent sort of let teams know that. And teams were like, all right, well, then I guess we're not going to trade for you. It was a like a de facto no trade clause freaking clever like that's very he was taking advantage of the things that were allowed to him it was a loophole uh but yeah i would not at all be surprised to see some machinations in the background on this and yeah that's funny to me so good for you lance lynn and lance lynn's agent i think we agree it's it's got to be like a move number one for them it can't be the big one looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's move on to our series of the week. I have the Brewers and the Braves. So two first place teams, maybe a playoff uh, preview here. How about uh, how about Sal Freelich? What do we make of this guy? At time of recording, you know, it's been what, four or five games. Has a 556 batting average, 643 on base, 889 slugging. That's a 1532 OPS. Now, that's an extremely small sample size uh, for a relatively small man who is just tearing it up. And I really don't know anything about this guy, so I'm looking up his minor league stats. You know, this this year in AAA, or I guess at a couple levels, he was only hitting 251, had a 697 OPS. That does not scream to me that this is a sustainable clip. I mean, that's not a surprise to anybody. Hitting 556 is not a sustainable clip. But I went back and looked at, you know, 2022, he hit 331, had an 883 OPS across three levels. 2021, hit 329 with an 880 OPS. You know, overall, he's had, I don't know, a couple, close to a thousand, I think, plate appearances. Uh, 921 plate appearances in the minor leagues. Only has 15 home runs. He's not going to be like a big banger. But hey, if you are the Brewers and basically you are Christian Yelich and a bunch of guys just trying to do good enough to pass the tests of what your pitchers are doing, absolutely. This is, you need a spark plug. And 
They've looked across the bow there in the National League Central and seen what the Reds have done calling up these exciting young players, and now they have one of their own, Sal Freelich, making a splash. Uh, meanwhile, on the other side of this, the Atlanta Braves, uh, they're fine. They're kind of hitting their first little bit of struggle this that they've faced this year, four and six in their last 10, but they still have an 11-game lead in the division. You know, Austin Riley, Michael Harris, both over 1,000 the last couple of weeks. They just traded for a couple of relievers to try and steady up the bullpen. I don't know that Pierce Johnson or Taylor Hearn is going to be the thing that makes them a World Series contender, but I think they already were a World Series contender. These, you know, incremental improvements at this point are just fine. Also, by the way, just, you know, shout out Taylor Hearn, rooting for him to do well. One of the all-time nice guys uh, that I talked to in the Rangers uh, clubhouse. So it'd be nice to see him get a ring. As far as the series goes, like, I don't know that it so much matters a ton for the Braves right now. They could get swept right now and just be like, yep, we're going through a little slump. We'll be fine. Right the ship. For the Brewers, I think it's a chance to sort of test their medal against a team that they may face in the postseason. And also their lead in the division is just a half game. So th these games are very important to the Brewers. And yeah, I mean, anytime you get a chance to preview a potential October series in the you know end of July, that's, a, that's one worth sitting down for and maybe taking some notice. Yeah, and uh, we're recording this before Milwaukee takes on Cincinnati one more time. So that lead could be gone um, a day from now, but it, it's, I think, pretty clearly a two-horse race there in the Central, and Milwaukee's got to do something. They, they keep, you mentioned, they keep building up these young guys. I think they're just waiting for one of them to really, like, grab hold of a spot and say, like, I'm, I'm you know, whether it's Owen Miller or Joey Weimer or, or whatever they have going on, they have so many moving parts in that lineup. As they wait for Rowdy Telez, Brian Anderson to get back, they needed to make moves there, but they also need some of these rookies to say like, "This is my, this is my spot for good here." And uh, because they keep bringing up rookies and like their cleanup hitter suddenly is someone you've never, uh, never heard of or doesn't have any MLB service time under the belt. So anyway, moving on, my series of the week is one that I think a lot of people are watching: the Angels and the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are kind of what they've always been. They're currently holding the last wildcard spot i think they have a decent chance of holding on to that given the the weakness uh of some of the teams behind them right now the obvious flaws of the red sox of the yankees and uh, i think the angels are actually the next team in line behind them truly flawed team but we'll get there so the blue jays vladdy has woken up since the all-star break alejandro kirk has woken up lately as well after a really slow first half starting pitching has been far far better i think than expected this season despite alec manoa's struggles i mean if he, i would have like explained his trajectory to you before the season, you would have been like, yeah, the rotation is in a bad way because I don't know that I trust Berrios. I don't know that I trust Kikuchi, but really those guys have been really solid. I'm not sure there's a huge move to be made on this team. We've seen them in the past make smaller moves for, for relievers, and I think maybe they, they could be in line maybe for more of that. So I talked to a couple of Toronto radio stations yesterday. I don't know, like... I feel like when bands would be like, I'm big in Japan. Apparently I'm big in Toronto. Like I, I had a couple of a couple of radio spots there recently. So I, you know, of course doing some research. I think they could probably use one more starting pitcher to be that real like baller top of the rotation guy if they can do that. But here's the thing, they've got like Hunjin Ru is coming back soon. Chad Green is coming back soon. Alec Manoa, we don't really know exactly what he's gonna be. And therefore I don't know that you can rely on those three guys. So yeah, you could use some you know, top of the rotation depth, but all three of those guys could be really good. And so if you do shore up your rotation and then two or all, or even one of those guys comes back and is, 
you know, playing close to what their ceiling is, all of a sudden you got a pretty scary team in the postseason. And I mean, that lineup we've always known is going to be pretty good in Toronto. They've got too many guys to be bad for a whole long time. But yeah, I mean, I think a move for the rotation could be a big pickup for them. The other angle there is that they could probably use another right-handed bat. The nice thing about Toronto is their infielders are so versatile. They can play kind of anywhere. So you don't need a right-handed bat that like, okay, but we need him to play second base because that's who we're going to be pinch hitting for. We need him to, he has to be able to play third base. It can kind of just be any right-handed bat, you know, then they can just scatter guys around uh, afterwards. So I I think the Blue Jays are in a, a great position. One thing about the Angels, I've been trying to rank what the funniest scenarios would be. Like, would it be funnier if they traded Otani and then made the playoffs? Yes. Would it be funny if they, you know, went on a run, got close to the playoffs, didn't trade Otani, but then didn't make the playoffs? Also, yes. Here's one that I think would be even funnier because it's always been like, if they're in a playoff spot, they're not going to trade him, right? But then they've been winning and now you're hearing, well, they have contacted other teams. They are still open to the idea because it just makes so much sense to trade Otani this year. Here I've decided is the new funniest scenario. They decide they're going to trade Shohei Otani. They come down in the next you know, three, four days, they get these uh, offers in. Meanwhile, the Angels keep winning. Finally, on the trade deadline, they are a half game out of the wildcard position and they trade him anyway. <laughs> and then like win that night to move into a playoff position. That would be the funniest scenario to me, uh, I have decided. So Shohei's starting Friday night in this, uh, the opener of this series. And listening to Sam Bloom, our Angels writer, he said, like, the Angels are basically looking for a reason to keep Otani. Like, they don't, don't want to trade him. So I think they've seen enough lately that they're not going to trade him. That's, that's where I am. I wish they would trade him because chaos is a beautiful thing for writers and for the world. But I guess my question now is, like, what do you do? I'm going to, you know, move on. But come on. What do you do around him? You can't stand Pat now. However, the context surrounding him is kind of absurd. They have a ridiculous number of position players on the injured list. Logan Ohapi, Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, Max Stassi, Gio Urshela, Brandon Drury. I think I'm missing actually someone. They're currently starting a guy named Trey Cabbage. That's not a joke. Trey Cabbage is starting at first base, I believe, for the Angels. This is not a a lineup that's going to win you a playoff series. And I don't think they possess a rotation that is going to win you a playoff series either. And so I don't think you can just sit here and assume everyone's going to get healthy and like we'll be back. I I think this team could make the playoffs. They could sneak into that that last spot if they don't trade Otani. But is that good enough? Like I, I, I don't know. I'm not an Angels fan. I can't occupy their brains. So I don't know if just getting there and then losing Otani for a draft pick is is good enough, or if um, yeah, it's 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 a mess. Just getting into the playoffs, like losing a one game play in game or whatever, and then turning to the crowd and being like, eh, "We did it. We kept him for this. We did it." Are you not Wasn't entertained? That nice. I feel like we're, we've just been around the game so long that we you start to think a little like a front office, like how could you not capitalize on this opportunity? And even if those 12 prospects you got back never amounted to anything, uh, you're still like, just think about that. 12 prospects. To round this out, Kevin Gosman and Shohei Otani Friday, Alec Manoa, Reed Detmers Saturday, Jose Barrios and Tyler Anderson Sunday. It's pretty good matchups there. So um, interesting one. I, I probably doesn't swing the Angels either way, but uh, maybe getting swept would would do something. But I think if they're going to, I don't think you can stand Pat. I think you have to go get some, go get some lineup help and maybe another starter if you're going to actually go for it. And if you just want to stand Pat because you you think it'd be too embarrassing to trade Shohei Otani, I think you're going to be in a tough spot long term. So Anyway, that's it. Shout out to a couple other uh, series here. Boston, San Francisco piqued my interest. Uh, Tampa Bay and Houston, we mentioned. The Yankees and the Orioles. The Orioles obviously have uh, taken first place there. 
and uh, Cincinnati, Los Angeles. That's uh, the Dodgers. I think it's another one as a Cincinnati tries to scratch and claw its way to the top of in a division. I don't think it's probably going to get a wild card spot. So there we have it. All right, Levi. Now it's the time for our On Deck Arcade. The arms race is the game we play every weekend. We pick one starting pitcher, go head-to-head, take the game score 2.0 to figure out who had, objectively, the better start. I've been running white hot lately. I won three in a row to bring to bring the ledger to eight wins for you, three for me. So I still have some, some closing of the gap to do. But I, I do want to also, before we make our picks, update people on the homer chase, which is our week-long competition picking up homers we've we've gone uh, over Raphael time Devers. we have no time to update people on the i feel devers actually did chip in with a homer after time of recording on sunday night so uh i'm up 16 to 12 on that so hurrah for me okay i'm i'm feeling so generous because i have honors here and uh i'm on a three-game win streak so who's your pick for the arms race I have not picked a Mets pitcher yet this year, so I'm I'm going with Max Scherzer against the Nationals. I'm hoping that the extra motivation of pitching against his own team is going to help him out. Why are you smiling so big? Because I had both Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander down here. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Max Scherzer. That's my pick. Okay, I actually had Verlander ahead of Scherzer. Uh, he's had better game score 2.0s lately. And my backup, actually. I have not picked a Ranger yet. I mean, Anthony Ovaldi was my, was my next pick, so we'll see if that if that works out. But uh, Justin Verlander is my pick. Max Scherzer is yours. Picking on the Nats this week. So we'll see. Maybe they'll trade it off Lane Thomas by then and uh, maybe Jamer Condelaria as well. So we're going to head out of here. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Brian for producing for us. You can find our work all week long at theathletic.com. Subscribe to The Athletic for $2 per month for the first year at theathletic.com slash baseball show. Sign up for The Wind Up, The Athletic's daily baseball newsletter with Levi and Ken Rosenthal for absolutely free. Give us a follow on Twitter. Levi is at 3-2-E-F-I-S, and I'm at Stephen J. Nesbitt. The two of us will be back on Monday with more of What's on Deck. The oceans are burning and aliens are real. This is the weirdest moment in my life. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.